Hey, dealmakers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. I'm your host, Garrett Lynch. And as always, let's get ready to own it. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. So this week's guest is a former U.S. Marine turned multifamily real estate mogul from the military to the landscapes of East Africa. We're going to talk about how Joseph's unique journey propelled him to the apex of real estate investing. We'll get into the interview with Joseph in just a bit. But first, I want to give a shout out to Jay Ybase with Apple Podcasts. He said, this is a great podcast. It's a great resource to learn from. I highly recommend it to anyone. Thank you, JY Base. If you guys have learned something from listening to the podcast, please give us a starred review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow our listener base. I want to also shout out our success dealmaker highlights. First dealmaker, Caitlin Gwynn and Jeff Rodriguez closed 304 units in Alabama worth $19,600,000. Their mentors were Matt B. and Philippe. What a cool story. And if you guys want to get involved in making deals happen, reach out to us at themichaelblanc.com slash mentor to see if you can get with a mentor that's actually doing real deals out there to get you further down the path to your real estate journey and success in, in that arena. There's been countless stories of success on that side of the business. Also, if you don't want to do that and you'd rather just invest alongside the pros, aka us, reach out to us at nighthawkequity.com slash join, join the investor club, set up a call with us, see if it's a fit. And you can do hands-off investing as well, just like that. We handle all the all the hard work and you get to come on board and partner with us and create some some good opportunity for you and your family. So our guest today went from military to becoming a seasoned deal finder and eventually stepping into his role as a fund manager. Beyond his professional achievements with Apex Real Estate Investments, he has a deep-rooted passion for East Africa, where he travels to regularly. With the expertise spanning deal acquisitions, capital raising, and public speaking, Joseph is a force to be reckoned with in the real estate industry. Let's dive into his story, strategies, and insights with Joseph Kimbrough. Joe, welcome to the show today. Uh, thank you for having me on, Garrett. Yeah, of course. And so today we're going to talk a little bit, we're going to get into your story a little bit. Joe, you have quite an interesting one. Joe has done some some really interesting work in other countries and has done quite a bit in, in real estate. So Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started and how you got to where you're at? So I got started in real estate back in 2019 as a wholesaler. Sometimes you'll see me described as a professional deal finder. It just makes it sound a little better. But so I <laughs> I did that for three years. And, you know, at my third year, I really was like, I need equity. But I didn't want to go and get a property, a single family rental property, one by one. And then basically just pretend like I was happy with $200, $400 a month off one property. So that's how it led me into multifamily. And the first course I took in multifamily was Michael Blanks. Love that. So you dove in, you did some searching on the internet, you found Michael. 
which is funny. That's how I found him as well. And, and, and we ended up doing a business together, business partners. So you, you got his course. And then what happened from there? So after I got his course and went through it, like I literally just went through the whole thing in two weeks and just deep dive and had yellow legal pads and just notes and everything. And then I went to a, a, a real estate conference, a multifamily conference and met a guy there who he had already been in real estate for a long time. And so I was going there to get pretty much mentored by that group. And I ended up walking out as the equity partner after meeting that guy who was already their equity partner. He had told me he felt like I'd be in a I'd be in a much better position as a fund manager, just bringing equity to these here deals, and then it opens it up where I can work with multiple people. Ah, so that's where you got the nugget as to as to how to maybe make this work. So, so you're doing wholesale deals, and it's like one at a time. You got to do one. You got to do one, get the money, then do it again, and a constant grind. It's a constant grind, and then you went to a conference. It sounds like, and you met some you met some people that that gave you this idea. Yeah, how did you take that? How did you take that idea and turn it into reality? So I jumped on it quickly, like right after the conference. Maybe five days, week later, I went out to his house, met his wife out there, and he showed me exactly what he did, like on his computer, the whole setup. And I was like, I can do this. So you're telling me I need to raise capital, ask people for $100,000, $300,000. This is something I can do because I'm already technically doing this in wholesaling anyway. I'm sending these here people deals and saying, hey, you want to buy this property for two fifty? Or sometimes I would send out half a million dollar deals for people to purchase and flip. So it wasn't unusual for me to see those numbers. Yeah, so you already had like a familiarity with with asking people for large sums of money, and so you're like, oh, I just got to transfer that same skill set over to this side. Exactly. Instead, that's pretty cool. So then, where did you go next with that? So I would say that it was a learning curve because when I started this fund, first off, when I started it, it wasn't even allowed. It wasn't allowed to be marketed online, and on top of that, I was out of the country for three months in East Africa, so on vacation. And so that first three months was rough trying to get on Zoom calls and talk to people who I know and ask them, hey, wire over a hundred, a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars. And they're looking at this sign in the back of me that says Africa. (laughs) It was not an easy sale at all. (laughs) So I would say the first three months I really struggled. And then I ended up getting some investors in and acquired my first asset in Charleston, South Carolina, which is 160 units. So that was about month seven or eight of being, of managing this fund. So so how did it work? You started a fund, your, your own fund to help basically dump it into other people's syndications or how did it work? How yes. was it set up? Yes. So basically I'm able to work with, I can work with you all. I can work with any syndicator I want to that has a deal that's a hundred units or more that's located in a landlord friendly state, such as Texas or anywhere in the Southeast, Southeast, like Florida, Alabama, Louisiana. And then you partnered with a, an operator essentially. So you have somebody that kind of runs these deals down, they manage them, they do all those things. 
and then and then you're able to work with somebody like that. Yes. Do you have multiple operators, or is it just is it just really one or two that you work with? So right now I work with three different operators, and I'm looking for more actually as well. In mm-hmm. fact, I have a a phone call with someone later on. Cool. So, but you you also have a a military background. Talk to us about that and how did that help you get to kind of where you're at in the game? So, yes, I was in the Marine Corps. And in fact, I did a TEDx talk on this here uh, recently back in August. And it'll be released here soon in a couple of weeks. But I was talking about when I joined the Marine Corps, somehow I forgot that you have to know how to swim in order to be a Marine. And so that being said, I joined and then they said, oh, yeah, we have swim calls. I'm like, oh, crap, I don't know how to swim. So I ended up getting on, going going to swim calls. And in the TEDx talk, I talk about how I figured out how to swim by literally jumping in the water and figuring it out. Wow. That's a pretty powerful message. <laughs> yes. Just jumping in and figuring it out. So how did that yeah, end? Well, when you have somebody, when you have like a buff Marine and he's like, you're messing with my workout time and he kind of flex a little bit. You like, oh, yeah. You skinny 19 year old, you're going to jump. Face him will jump. I'll jump. <laughs> so I'll take my chances with the water. So, and you ended up learning just like that? Yep. Yep. Like just like that. I figured out just without watching other people, I was like, I need to swim with my back. I need to swim regular. I'm going to figure this out. Go underwater. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> that is so cool. You know, that, and that is sometimes the hardest thing to do just in general with any problem is just to jump in and figure it out when you maybe don't, don't know how that, man, I love that story. That's, that's pretty cool. So what would you say are some of the things that you were able to transfer from being a Marine into, into your work habits now? I would say the one of the major things that I learned as a Marine is mission accomplishment first. And so that applies to even my business life. Whenever there's something that I sit my mind on, I just intensely focus on it. And that's my mission for that time. If I need to raise X amount, that's what I'm I'm focused on the entire time is I need to get this done. So it teaches you laser focus and discipline to make sure that you get reach the end result that you're looking for, no matter what you're taking on. So when it comes to like wholesaling or, or flipping or all, there's so many avenues to real estate, so many ways to, to potentially make money. What made you stick with this? So like I said, I started off in wholesaling and I did that for three years. The first year was, it was okay. The second year was a little, it was better. But that third year in wholesaling, I did better than both those previous years combined. But then I realized, like I said, I don't have equity. And so I was like, I could flip houses. But I was like, you flip houses, you run into the same problem. You still don't have equity. Then I was like, well, I can buy rental properties. I can do sub twos. And I was just studying about different ways of acquiring real estate as an asset. I looked into seller financing, sub twos, all of it. And none of it made as much sense to me as going out there and figuring out how to buy a 100 plus unit apartment building that's going to cash flow. Why do you think the other the other versions didn't make as much sense? Well, because I'm one of those people, I, I, I think efficient, as efficient as possible. So the economies of scale that's in multifamily, right? Like you can go out there and you can buy a 100 plus unit or 400 plus unit property and it's all in one location. Or 
I can literally go out here, get a loan for one property, get a loan for a second property, get a loan for a third property, and I can build myself up in like 20 years, have 100 houses. <laughs> so I was like, 20 years is a long time, man. Like that's, I want, I want to get there quicker. <laughs> Take time out the equation. Yeah. The the biggest thing I learned when, so I, I started out similarly where we were, well, I started out actually going that direction, but we were, I was buying portfolios of single family homes, two flats and three flats. So non-commercial multifamily, essentially. I acquired, I think like 350 units, but they were D-class in the bad areas of Chicago. And so oh, yeah. we learned real quick how difficult they were to manage. I mean, D-class, obviously there's a lot of, like the, the thing with D-class is it looks good on paper because yeah. because it pencils really well because you're paying such a cheap price for these properties for similar cash flow as, as like, you know, B-class property. The problem is there's no equity really on the backside and that there's unlimited problems where yep. people are just messing your, your site up. That's why you don't do D-class. With D-class, I have a rule. I say, if I need my assault rifle to go to go to the place that I own, I should not own it. That's that's the best. I wish I had that rule when I started. When I got into it in the beginning, I was like, oh, bring your assault rifle, bring your handgun and just deal with it. And that, that's well, the wrong approach Corps, for you don't sure. Want those, you don't want to have to deal with that stuff outside the Marine Corps. That's, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the battling gangs and all that stuff is not, not my, my favorite. Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but the big thing was like having... I don't know, out of those units, let's say 350 units, but it was really like 200 properties. You had 200 lawns to mow, 200 roofs to fix. The deferred maintenance catches you. And it just, you're right. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all to have that to kind of expand in that way. So what I like about what you're doing and what you figured out is that you're, you actually taken it to a place where you don't even have to worry about operating these things so much. You're able to just essentially get people to partner with with you and with an operator that knows what they're doing in order to to cut yourself in on the equity side which is, is really exactly smart. thank you You're, so you were like listen i'm going to be as efficient as possible i don't even want to deal with any of the battles on site essentially so how much have you raised up to this point and you know where where are you trying to take this thing so I've raised a, a few million so far. The plan here is to complete a $10 million fund and then set up another $10 million fund and complete that one as well, simultaneously. That right there allows me to acquire more properties throughout all of Texas and the Southeast markets. And then the way I like to think about it is instead of like being the only person syndicating and saying, this is my thing only, and I need to be the head guy in charge. I go and I say, okay, let me find the best syndicators. And I can actually invest in all of their properties because by doing that through a fund, it provides my investors a blended rate of return. And so they get the benefit from all the different preferred returns, the downside performance protection hurdles. They get the benefit from the experiences of all these different operators. So for me, it's like having LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, all the greats, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, everybody on one team, <laughs> and my investors get the benefit.
Hey, are you tired of the stock market volatility or feeling like there's more you can do with your money? Do you dream of owning your real estate but not sure where to start? Now, here's the thing. You're not alone about this, and it's not your fault. There's so many options out there from wholesaling, flipping, to landlording, and turnkeys. Like, which one should you do? Which one's right to you if you want to get into real estate? And the truth is, none of the things I just mentioned will actually make you financial free and put you on a strong financial footing. But not to worry. I have a solution for you, a new idea perhaps, if you're open to new ideas. And that is the following. That we have found that the number one way to fast track your journey to financial freedom, build wealth, and retire is through apartment building investing. Now, you're probably thinking, that's great, Michael, but I don't have the experience or the money to get into apartments. And the good news is that you don't need previous experience or a bunch of money in a bank to get started. And I can say this with confidence because we've helped so many people of all walks of life do the first deal, and become financially free. In fact, we've helped students close over $1.5 billion in real estate. Now, if you're skeptical, that's okay. Your skeptical's fine, but you're open to this new idea, then let's have a conversation. Go to themichaelblank.com forward slash call and schedule a strategy session to explore working with us like so many others have before you as well. We're really excited to guide you on this journey, and don't let fear or disbelief or what you think is possible hold you back. Remember, the only thing standing between financial freedom is action. And this is the one thing I want you to do right now is go to the michaelblank.com forward slash call and schedule that call with us. It may be the most exciting call that you'll have all year. Let's do this. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. So how are you finding investors right now? So I find investors through posting on social media, through LinkedIn, through now Instagram. I recently got back active on Instagram. I would say that I also I find investors just being out in the right places. Like I'll go to a gym that's $200 plus a month and automatically that prices out people who might not have the necessary the income to invest in what I'm offering. It increases my chances of being around the right people. Playing basketball on the court, you might run into some professional athletes. You might run into anyone really. Like I've played, like I've seen people, owners of the team out there. Not going to say the name, but I live in Dallas, so you can guess who it might be. <laughs> and so you might, you never, you never know who you're going to run into just been in these places, even been a part of private clubs and stuff that are more exclusive. That also creates opportunities for you to be in front of people who have capital. So, really, the way I raise capital is just always position myself where I have the highest chance of meeting someone who has the, the capital to invest in what I'm doing. And then I just talk about it because if you don't talk about it, you can be in the, the best room. If you never talk about what you do, no one will know. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I love that. So just positioning yourself in, in places where you could, you could really bump into somebody that, that could possess a wealth to be able to, to do something like this. That's, that's really, that's, it's an old school way to do it, but it takes a lot of courage. Uh, to be able to manage and, and go into that and feel comfortable talking to people in that way. Let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about, so you travel to East Africa frequently. Can you share what initially drew you to that region and how it connects you with your real estate journey? Yes. So back in 2021, I went there for a month and this was with my, my then girlfriend, now wife. So when we went there for yeah, a month. And it's because after COVID, you know, we had been stuck in the house and everything. We was like, all right, we're not going through another year this year. We need to get out of this country. 
<laughs> and so she pointed to the map. She's like, let's go here. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and then like literally a few weeks later, we was on the flight to, to Tanzania and, right. you know, just fell in love with it, especially Zanzibar. And then after leaving, coming back, I was like, all right, I said, I'm going to go back again. So we went back for three months last year uh, wow. for vacation. That's yeah. awesome. So you just picked a spot on the map and went to East Africa. Yep. Based off of YouTube videos, <laughs> people were like, Hey, this is a good place. All right, cool. Let's go. So that's, next that's on my so list. Cool. Yep. I have a personal goal of wanting to do like a travel all throughout East Africa for an entire year. That's one of my personal goals. Wow. And, and you're able to do that. I mean, just because of the, really the time freedom and location freedom that comes yep. with, with doing something and, uh, you know, similar to what you're doing right now, which, which is really cool. Yeah. I, I used to, well, my entire life, pretty much, I would add, try to add one out of the trip out of the country or to multiple countries. I try to add at least three a year each year, even when I didn't have any money and that I kept that fairly consistent all the way until COVID. And it, what it did is it racked up a lot of memories and a lot of stories that I can, I can relive or go back to or tell, which has added a lot of value to my life, not to mention the life experiences and just the exposure to being in a completely different environment, which I'm sure that is an absolutely different environment. What have you taken away from those trips so far? Like, like when you're out there, is there anything that that's kind of inspired you to keep doing? Yes. Your- For me, the work ethic of the people, when you talk about, I would say here in the U S we have no excuses. When you see people get up at sun up and they work until sundown and they're maybe going to make $3 that day in comparison to U S but they're out there, they're selling car chargers, they're selling coconuts, they're selling mangoes, they're selling whatever. Like they they literally, they sell whatever they can get their hands on to sell or whatever they grow in their yards. They selling that stuff and they're, and they're out there hustling. So seeing that work ethic, that inspired me to be like, yeah, I can't complain about a day. Like woe is me that I have to complain about working overtime to raise half a million dollars but they will never see half a million in a lifetime. So yeah, just seeing the work ethic and seeing like if they had the same opportunities that we have here, how much further they could even go. Being just, but just because of where they're born at, they don't have the same opportunity. So also I take clothes and stuff like school supplies over there as well to like an orphanage. So that's another thing that I like. That's so cool. I, I have a friend who would go to different regions in Africa and you'd be surprised they don't, they don't a lot of these villages don't even have clean water and so yeah. he would go there and actually raise money and then go build a well and it costs you know whatever 10 grand or something to do that and then that the whole village has water yeah which, I actually which took is- a I took a bath with a bucket and cold water it wasn't anything new to me like that's how like when you go to the Marine Corps boot camp those first two weeks you're taking cold showers. So when I was out there with the bucket with the cold water and the and the soap, it was like whatever. It was so I was kind of <laughs> I got back into it. <laughs> I got back into it. <laughs> it brought That's back funny. some memories. 
that yeah i I saw a, a funny thing from a comedian who was like he's like why are you guys buying all these expensive cold plunge tubs he's like just he's like you guys were you were just on the elliptical you just did a a a workout at the gym just turn the the shower on cold like yeah to handle your information (laughs) i would say they do have great technology like in tanzania like i'm talking about standing the high rise there with a stove that when you sit the pot on it it turns on so they have a lot of technology there. But where I was, like, I stayed there. But I wanted to go see one of my friends, like, in the village. And so he, him and his wife, yeah, that's how they take cold showers with the bucket. He's like, this is how we do it in Arusha. <laughs> wow. Man, that's, that is so incredible. So you, you going back out there anytime soon? Any, any plans? Uh, next year. Next, next year. year, I plan on being out there. Well, probably not Tanzania this time. Probably going to go either Egypt or Ethiopia, one of them. Wow. Might do both. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I, lo- I love hearing that. I love love finding other people that that travel and that that value that have that value in life. Sometimes it's easy to put that on the shelf and just worry about other things and stay grounded. And I, my personally, my my wife doesn't love traveling like I do. I love just getting like lost out there in something new. Even yeah. to the point where I will say, like, I like to, this is a weird thing about me, but I like to go to like little cities in Arizona and just like Ben trucks are so different from the major metros, just going out and, and checking them out if I can't get it over to a different country or anything like that. So I have a place in Indiana. I like to go to like the Indiana sand dunes yeah, and just walk there and you see that water is like nice and like greenish. It's clear. It's a freshwater lake. It's Lake Michigan. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's beautiful when you're there. So that's like one of my spots whenever I'm not leaving out the country. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, guys. So having the the kind of location and time freedom that you want that that's just what comes with. You can figure out your version of real estate. That it could be a grind in the beginning, or you know, you once you get the skills to understand how to free that up free up your time, free up your location, free up your financial situation. You can do things like this more consistently and get out there and and start enjoying life. I mean, it doesn't always have to be about work, just working and and building that side of your, of your life up. Some people, a lot of people are, you know, working just to, just to be able to live how they want to live and experience the things they want to. And so I think that's a good lesson here. Joseph, thanks so much for coming on the show. How can people get in touch with you? If they want to reach out. Yes. So you can check out my website, which is investinapartmentsnow.com. And you can also go to my Instagram, which is J-O-S-E-P-H-K-I-M-B-R-O-U-G-H. So it's literally just my name, Joseph Kimbrough. Awesome. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Thanks for having me on. Guys, I love what Joseph said about how he was able to kind of navigate his path to to be the most efficient in real estate. And and I think anyone out there that's listening can look at what they're currently doing and say, hey, how can I be more efficient with my pursuit of my real estate career in general? What are some things that we're doing that are maybe not so efficient or that's, that's really just a waste of my time where I could maybe outsource this to somebody else that could do it? Or maybe there's just another path that 
that allows you to be more, have more time freedom and location freedom, which is a big part of, of today's podcast. I mean, just being able to travel around, like I, I was just in uh, France for 10 days, just, just traveling around there. And uh, before that in Hawaii. So having that ability, I think is super important. And I encourage you to look at your, your individual situation and see Okay, how can how can I create that? Because it is possible. Other people like like Joseph have, have figured it out and setting up a fund and then and then just doing the hard work of networking and getting in front of people and building relationships to place capital into deals, I think is super powerful. For those of you out there that are traveling consistently, like like myself, that have pretty much done it their whole lives, or maybe those that don't or haven't, I think that what he's doing and, and opening himself up to to seeing these different communities of people that are working sun up to sundown just gives you perspective in general as as to how the rest of the world really works. We are so gifted in this country to have the opportunities that we have. And I think sometimes people don't re- recognize that or realize what's happening around them. That kind of perspective, you can't get into any other way unless you are actually going there and seeing what's happening going to a poor country there. I mean, realistically, with the amount of traveling that I've done in, across my life, we have it so good here. And and so taking advantage of that in general and, and being able to understand what's available to you just by being here listening to this podcast and is putting yourself in a better place in general. So just having, at least right now, if you're here, you're listening to this, you have awareness about the fact that you should be growing and developing and you want to be you want to get there or you maybe you already have uh, but we appreciate you being here so thanks for tuning into the show we'll catch you guys next time thanks for listening take the next step toward financial freedom by downloading michael's free ebook the secret to raising money to buy your first apartment building head over to the michaelblock.com ebook to get the free training